Good evening. Thank you very much for the opportunity to come here and the uh, uh, more than an opportunity, a privilege to come and to share what the, what the Lord has laid on my heart. If you would turn to Hebrews chapter 2, uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 3. These verses have been, particularly verse 3, has been on my mind since, um, I'm not sure how long ago it was, that Thomas Wheeler was here and we did the study through Hebrews. And um, we went over this verse in particular, or this chapter, and this verse stuck out to me when we were at uh, the study at Jamel and Jamie's house uh, with our brother Thomas. And I'm just going to read from verse 1, verse one two, uh, one, 1, 2, and 3. Therefore we must give more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through the angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. That question in verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, has been uh, coming back into my mind over and over and over and over for the past. I'm not sure how long it's been. Possibly a month, two months. Time flies. I'm not really sure. But um, that's what I'd like to to focus on tonight. And there's a lot of, um, if you look into the commentary, some people... And I think the question was even asked that night at the Bible study whether this verse is um, written to to a believer or to an unbeliever. And at first glance, when you hear this question, uh, it seems that it is to an unbeliever. But the application can go either way, I think, was the answer that we got that night. And either way, I believe the the application is is what's been on my mind for the past um, few weeks. and I think why it's been on my, my mind is that I've been being convicted by it, by the Holy Spirit, and that um, the question's been asked of me personally as I hear it in my head, kind of as I go over it, is, is Jason Rent, how, sh- how shall you escape if you neglect so great a salvation as a believer? Um, and, uh, and the Holy Spirit's been uh, keeping this on my mind, I think, for a reason. And then I was asked last week in... Uh, and in the first few moments when I started to think what I was going to speak on, and then this verse popped back into my head, so here we are. Um, so the two questions that came, uh, th- that I asked from it, from that one phrase actually, not the entire verse, from how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, is what are we escaping from? And also part of that question is, you know, what, what exactly does it mean to escape? Or that word specifically in that verse. And what does it mean to neglect so great a salvation? Very, very important thing to think about in my life especially. I've spent an incredible amount of time in my life wasting time um, in doing what is best described as drifting away, as we see in verse 1, and neglecting so great a salvation, as we see in verse 3. So that's why I'd like to talk about it. So the first question, um, what is meant by escape? Um, I looked up the word, and in this verse, I'm not going to try to pronounce the word. I actually didn't even write it down. Um, But... uh, and it would just sound foolish if I did, is to flee uh, to flee f- out of, in this verse, to flee from in another verse we're going to look at, but to flee out of, or to separate from, to escape from, the way we use it today, escape. So pretty much the same meaning that we have, but, but to flee, that word caught me, to flee. Um, and uh, we're going to look at another verse. Actually, I'll just read it real quick. We're not gonna, I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but in, in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4, um, that word's used again, and that's where it's used, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, and that is the, to flee from. So what are, we, what are we escaping from, is the question, as believers. Uh, and it's answered in that one, the corruption, in that verse in Second Peter, the corruption that is in the world through lust, 
Um, but I'd like to read also First uh, Timothy chapter six, and I think I have it marked here. Yeah, First Timothy chapter six, and um, for another answer, what, what what we are escaping from, what we're to flee from, and to flee out of. Um, and I'm going to read uh, verses three through ten. Uh, there's a description of of uh, sinful ways of error, of greed, and brothers. And, and uh, I'll read some of the verses here. One of them everybody knows. Um, uh, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and in many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Very, very serious verse. And in this verse, which we all know sometimes misquoted, but for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. For some have strayed from the faith and their greediness... Uh, in their greediness and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. I'm sorry I forgot my glasses tonight, so I'm kind of squinting and leaning over to try to see this. Um, And then verses 11 and 12. But you, O man of God, flee these things, escape these things, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life in which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So there we have an answer to flee from the things of the world, the snares, the sins that so easily beset us, the traps, um, and all of these terrible things that can ruin our lives, ruin the lives of those that are lost, but as a believer, uh, even more so to ruin a testimony which could ruin countless other lives. Um, those that look on and, and, uh, and, uh, and look at us as an example, as a believer, in different areas. Uh, and then there's another verse, we'll read in Second Timothy 2.22 that we all know, um, is to flee youthful lusts. That's just another example. So who, uh, who's behind all this? We know who's behind all this as believers, but um, look at First uh, Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, another well-known verse. It says, Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. It's a very, very serious verse. And um, some of the things that I've, as I read this verse the first time, there's a couple little things, read it again the second time, and as I kept reading it, there were some things that, that I believe that the Holy Spirit has given to me from this verse, and uh, probably things that we've all heard before, kind of common things from here, but just to be reminded of them again, is A, that we do have an adversary, an enemy, who seeks us, who seeks us wholeheartedly, diligently, viciously uh, to come after us, especially as believers. He would love nothing more than to cause a uh, someone with a good testimony, a man of God, a woman of God to fall and then to cause a, a widespread, uh, uh, almost like a, a wave of, of, um, of doubt in the minds of unbelievers and, and, and in the minds of other fellow believers. Um, to, to see something like that, to see someone that you looked up to as a, as a, uh, uh, as a, a, a faithful brother in Christ or sister in Christ, to see them fall would be tragic. And, he, and our adversary, the devil, would love nothing more than this. And it uses the word lion, or the, you know, the description of an animal lion. And um, so I'd like to mention a few things about the lion that I was thinking about actually today. Uh, as they apply to our adversary and the things that we need to watch out for. Uh, a, which we've already heard, he's an active hunter. He's not a passive hunter. He's not uh, pursuing us in a, in a way, waiting around, kind of seeing if we'll come to him. He's after us. He's stalking us. Um, and this is for lions too. This is the way that lions hunt. I think that's every word, the truth in the, in, the, in the word of God. This is why this word lion was used, the description of a lion. Uh, lions hunt at night so they can't be seen. They can see you, but you can't see them. They have an incredible ability to see at night. So you don't even know that they're watching you, but they're watching every single move. The lion is watching every single move. Um, 
And then a key thing that they do, I don't know if you've ever seen this, and I don't want to turn this into like a, a nature show, but when the animals, uh, when they're hunting these various beasts, uh, elephants, zebras, gazelles, and whatever else they find, they're following a pack, they're stalking them, they're looking at them, and they're waiting for this one to kind of drift away, to be distracted. I don't know the young ones, they see things. I don't know what attracts an elephant or a gazelle, but they see something, they kind of come off to the side, and the lion sees every single move, every inch it gets farther away, and they wait for the perfect time, and then they strike. Uh, and I say they, this multi-directional attack, there's never just this one attack, and then it's over. There's always a, a first attack, and the first attack pushes them away even farther. Second attack even farther, so each subsequent attack is bringing them farther and farther away um, until they're devoured, as we would be devoured and ruined. Um, and that's all I have for lions. All right. So how shall we escape the snares, the pitfalls, and, the, and, the, and the, the traps that the devil has laid for us? How do we escape this adversary who's actively pursuing us? Uh, if we neglect so great a salvation, I would say that we will not. And I am proof that we will not because I have fallen into various traps as I have throughout my life, as I've said, neglected so great a salvation, as I've drifted away um, from the things of the Lord. Um, Okay, so the next question. What does it mean to neglect so great a salvation? How can we as a believer neglect salvation? Uh, am I saved? Yes. Justified? Um, from that point on, that's not where it ends. How do I neglect salvation? Uh, if we read in John 14, chapter, uh, chapter 14 and verse 6, we see um, the Lord Jesus Christ and... He says, let me just quote it, but I'm going to turn there to make sure I don't mess anything up. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. So the Lord Jesus Christ is our salvation. How, do we, how can we neglect our salvation? There's three things he says there. I am the way. And the first one, talk about that. We have a verse in um, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 18. We heard a little bit about this uh, this morning. Our great high priest the way that we can come unto the Father, the God of the universe, the King of kings, Lord of lords. How is this such a privilege? How is it possible that we can do this only through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, through the veil that is His flesh, it says uh, in another place. But in Ephesians uh, chapter 2 and verse 18, we read, For through Him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. So through this way, through the way, we have access to our Father. We can come before uh, the throne of grace into the holiest of holies, an incredible privilege, and pray in one word. That's what we do. We pray, come before the Lord, cast our cares at His feet. We praise Him. We can have communion with Him, have fellowship with the God of the universe, which is an amazing thing in and of itself. How can I neglect this? Very obviously, I have neglected it. The Bible says, God's Word says, to pray without ceasing. I've spent many days, gone days without praying, gone weeks without praying, which is going to be honest. Truth time. I've done this. Maybe some of you have too. And it's, it's very, very harmful and it's very, very dangerous and detrimental um, in our life. Um, so can I neglect the way? Yes, I can neglect the way specifically. In, 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 our, in my neglect of salvation, how shall I escape? He says next, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. Uh, we'll turn to John chapter 1. The Gospel of John chapter 1 and verse 14. And we all know this verse again, I believe. This is, you want to read it, not quote it? 
And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And the Word, capital W, the Word, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the very fulfillment of every single word that we have in front of us in this Bible, every word, truth, every word pointing to, revealing to us our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, He became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He is the truth. This word that we have, the revelation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the revelation of the gospel of God's love, every word the truth from the very beginning to the end, every word the fulfillment, the prophecies, the pictures in the Old Testament pointing forward, the prophecy, uh, we have the revelation telling us what is to be, everything pointing though to to our Savior, the King of glory, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we have the truth. Can I neglect the truth? Obviously, yes, I can, I can uh, neglect I can neglect the truth. And I have very, uh, uh, very often neglected the truth. Um, to have that time uh, every day to come and to hear, to hear the words of God, to hear the Creator, our Creator, to speak to us. Such a beautiful privilege and such a beautiful thing, but it can be neglected. How shall I escape if I neglect the word? If I neglect the way, if I neglect the word, and then finally he says, uh, "The truth. I am the way, uh, or I am the way, the truth, and the life." I'm going to look at the life. Skip two pages there. Go to the life. First uh, John, um, chapter five, and verses uh, ten, eleven, and twelve. This is the life. We have a few verses on this that we're going to look at for the life. Chapter 5, verses uh, 10, 11, and 12. He who believes in the Son of God uh, has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar uh, because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his Son. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Very clear in verse 12, um, the division. We're talking about two groups of people. And we're obviously talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And it says, uh, he who has the Son has life. He who has not the Son of God does not have life. Period. Two groups of people. He is the life. We read again in John, uh, John chapter 17 and verse 3. This is eternal life that they may know you, the one and only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Can I, can I neglect the life? Can I suppress the life? Can I turn away from the life and go into my own path and stray from, stray from the way that the Lord has provided for us, to stray from the life, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Yes, I can. Yes, we can. Again, very, very, very dangerous, as we've heard about our adversary the devil who is actively seeking us, just waiting for that one opportunity for us to neglect so great a salvation, to drift away, and then he can come in and he can, it says devour, very, very stern word, very serious word, devour us. So can we escape uh, the traps of this world? Can we uh, flee the lusts of this world? If we neglect so great a salvation, no, I, I do not think that we can. We don't have the power. We have been given the power through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through salvation. He's given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness in His Son. 
Um, so if we neglect the way, if we neglect the truth, and if we neglect the life, I dare say we have no chance. We have no chance. It's a very stern uh, uh, warning that we see there in that, in that question, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How shall we flee from the lusts of this world, the traps of this world? How shall we flee from the pursuer who's coming after us if we neglect a great, so great a salvation? It's a beautiful thing that the Lord has given to us, that, our, that God the Father has given to us. Love that has no bounds, we can't even begin to comprehend the things that we've been given. Love, mercy, and grace. We do not deserve any of it, but we have been given it. Uh, let us not neglect so great a salvation. Let us not drift away. Uh, and I pray that everyone here, we can um, encourage each other in this way daily to not neglect so great a salvation.